Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the podcast. We always appreciate your time here as we talk about investing finance and retirement with your financial coach. Mike Flanders is always joining me here on the program, Strategic Planning. Mike, my buddy, what's going on? How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm doing great. I hope you've had a good week. And we have had a couple of uh, nice things happen recently. Oh, Um, yeah? Yeah, we did a client event back in August um, the 24th, I guess it was. Okay, so since um, the last podcast. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. We uh, really were looking at the uh, ticking tax time bomb of making investments all in money that's going to be either taxed now or taxed later and considered some options and uh, strategies, in fact, five strategies to use in order to move funds from currently taxable situations or situations where they'd be taxed later to situations where they would be taxed never. And it was very interesting and popular. Uh, We had a lot of good comments and questions. Been talking with a good number of people that came to that. So we'll do it again. In fact, I'm looking at maybe putting a webinar together and putting up on my website so that uh, folks can take a look at it when they uh, have a convenient time. Absolutely. But uh, I did find out one thing though. Uh, Don't do uh, events where people come to them the weekend before school starts. If you're going to do it, do it the weekend after school starts. That's probably everybody was taking idea. their kids to college and uh, this and that. It was crazy. So yeah. uh, we had a good group, about 25 people there. I think it was or 26, and uh, not our normal crowd. So. I got it. I got it. Well, that's probably a good tip to learn from that. Well, go to that's right. yeah, go to spcinvesting.com, folks. Uh, if you want to check out Mike's uh, online presence, you can learn more about the firm services resources, uh, seminars. If he chooses to do that, there's a place for that. And there's also the podcast link. And of course, you can click on that link and always subscribe to us on the podcast. You'll see it right there at the top of the page, whether it's Apple or Google or Spotify or Stitcher. So go check that out as well. All right, well, let's get into our main topic this week. And I want to talk about uh, responsible savers. And even the best of us when we're responsibly saving, we make mistakes. And so I've got a couple of quick categories here for you just to give us some thoughts to think about because, you know, everybody's different. We talk about that stuff all the time, but it can happen that even if you're being really diligent, maybe too diligent, that can cause a little bit of a misstep as well. So for example, Hmm. cash, sometimes when the market gets rocky, like it has done here lately, people get a little overly enamored with the idea of cash and they're like, well, Hmm. I'll just sit on more cash, right? That's a, and in theory, that's a pretty good idea, but it has some downfalls. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, the other side of that coin is that sometimes people are just really good savers and they'll get some deal at one bank and stick some money in there. And then an online bank comes along, sticks some money in there. Before long, they got tons of money sitting in these things. And that's true. You know, like, like you say, there's a, a really good reason to have cash handy and available for emergencies, for opportunities that come along, that sort of thing. But it's like I like to tell people, if you've got a lot of money sitting in low earning interest bearing accounts that are taxable, you are going broke safely. And uh, it's not where you put money to invest. It's where you put money for short-term needs. So if you look at things, and usually economists will say things like, you ought to have three to six months of your expenses in readily accessible funds. So if you do, 
and you look at things and you say, well, wait, it's not three, it's not six months. It's more like five years. Right. Uh, you've got way too much money sitting in cash right. and you need to deploy it a little more efficiently so that you're not getting ravaged by inflation and your purchasing power is being reduced dramatically by being in that kind of position. Okay. So yeah, so you want to make sure that you're not losing money safely, which, and with the Fed stuff going on too, you know, um, I know you're not necessarily a big fan, Mike, but just with the Fed cutting rates, that's also going to just make those accounts in the bank do even less. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't have a totally free market really anywhere in the world because there's always somebody wanting to mess with it. uh, Who's got (laughs) some power in government or what have you, or some kind of pseudo governmental agency like the Fed. So yeah, you you are at the, the whims of some of those kinds of things. Uh, people like the Chinese devaluing their currency suddenly to try and beat us up on tariff uh, talk and all that kind of thing. Right, so right. there's a lot of things that you don't know what the impact will be and when it will occur. Better not to have too much in one basket right, like that. Exactly. The old diversification story again. Exactly. Well, and I get that some people feel an emotional calmness, if you will, a reduction of stress if they see a certain dollar amount in cash. Like, I, I get that. Everybody's kind of got that number. They say, oh, well, I feel better having $100,000 sitting in cash in the bank. Mm-hmm. But again, you might there might be a lot better uses and still safe uses of that. Do you really have a $100,000 emergency? Kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of what it boils down to to some degree. Yeah. So there's some things to think about there. I mean, if your expenses are running you $200,000 a year to keep your household going, then maybe $100,000 isn't a bad amount to have there. But I don't right. know a whole lot of people that that's their monthly expenses. You know, Right, right, exactly. Well, I did see a funny story that I'll tie into that. So Jenny Craig, you know, the, the weight loss uh, yes. thing, she was selling her house out in San Diego, and she sold it for $22 million, but she originally listed it for $39 million. Uh, and so oh, wow. well, she had to take a little, she had to keep chopping it down to get somebody to buy it. So, uh, yeah, if you have a house like that, maybe you need 100000 Cash. You might need to have it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sounds, sounds like your expenses might be that if you got a mortgage on it, particularly. So. That's true. That's true. Jenny, Jenny Craig, by the way, is 87 years old. So go, Jenny. Uh, all is right. she really? Yeah, wow. She is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Uh, all right, so moving on, <laughs> we got off topic there. Our responsible savers, you know, can make mistakes. So again, don't get too enamored with cash to the point where you've lost purchasing power. Is really what it comes down to. Uh, all mm. right, risk another another area to not again. You're a good saver. You've saved so aggressively over the years that maybe your riskometer, if that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> is broken, and you don't, you know, you, you need to kind of make sure you're you're not being too at risk. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're putting a lot of money into an account, say a 401k or an IRA or something like that, and you're really just stashing it in there from month to month, you very likely could see that your account value is just going up, and that probably gets you excited, and you're even more aggressive in stashing money everywhere you can. And um, you may not realize if you haven't really done a, a serious look at this up front before you started investing and you structured your portfolio for the kind of risk that made sense for you, you might not realize that the kind of risk that you're taking in a portfolio and suddenly things can change like you retire and you are no longer earning an income. So you're no longer adding to that account as aggressively as you were then you might start to see more of what's actually happening in terms of market returns in any given of time. And when you um, have been doing that kind of thing and suddenly you're not adding to the account so that you're seeing just an increasing balance each month, you might find yourself that you've taken on more risk than you're comfortable with. So that's why you want to lead with that. You want to look at 
what's the risk level that I'm comfortable with? How much can I let this market, the market value of my portfolio vary and be comfortable so that I don't feel compelled to make changes to try and correct something that I think is going wrong in the market? Because quite frankly, nothing's ever going wrong in the market. The market's efficient and it's random and nobody can control it. And it, it is what it is. It, the prices of the stocks, that really reflects their current intrinsic value. And you just leave it alone, let news impact the market. And over time, the actual value of those companies will be exhibited in their stock price. And you'll, you'll see the returns that you're looking for based on the risk that you're willing to take. But you got to do that assessment. Yeah, that's true. You definitely got to do the assessment. And that's, I mean, Mike, you've been doing this for 42 some odd years in the financial services industry. And as a financial coach, a lot of what you do is assessing these things is strategic planning, mm. hence the name of our program, right? right? <laughs> so if you, you do, if you do have questions, folks, if you hear something that piques your interest, uh, you know, I say this all the time, make sure you check with a qualified <laughs> professional like Mike before you uh, take any action. And of course, you can reach out to him at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. And of course, you can always go to that website, spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast while you're there on whatever outlet you like to use. All right. Uh, hmm. Final one. Mike. Well, maybe maybe two more. We'll see. The tax time bomb. Okay. I, I actually, since you brought that up earlier, got me thinking about that with your yeah. client event. We cannot forget, even the best of savers, you cannot forget about the fact that if you're saving, saving, saving in a 401k, you are waiting for a WMD to blow up when your RMDs get pulled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when we think about that terminology, 401k, we often think about, you know, putting money in on a pre-tax basis into your account. Your employer matches it in the same type of tax deferred account. And you don't pay any taxes on the earnings until you're ready to take it out. But when you do take it out, all of the money you take out, including what you contributed, is includable in your taxable income. That doesn't have to be. Uh, it's a pretty easy thing for most employers uh, to just add what's called a Roth feature in your 401k. And quite frankly, I don't know of any reason for employers not to do that. And most have. Uh, so you could take a look at that and see if your plan offers what may be called either a Roth option or an after-tax option. And what that means is when you're putting the money in and you still have the same limits, no matter if you're putting it all into pre-tax or into after-tax, the combination of all the contributions you make to your 401k still have the same limits for the year. So like, for instance, this year, if you're under 50, the limit's $19,000 for this year. If you're 50 or older, it's $25,000. And that's adjusted typically every year based on an inflation rate. So if you're you're putting money into the plan and you're doing it on a pre-tax basis, that means down the road, everything you take out of that is going to be subject to being taxable. It's going to be included in your income and may or may not generate taxes, just depending on what the combination of other income is that you have, your social security, if you're electing that at the point where you're taking money out of the plan, and also what the value of your overall plan is, be it 401k, IRA, or a rollover, or what have you. The key is to think in terms of what is going to be the amount I have to take out? Is it going to 
push me up into a higher tax bracket. Right now, we're in historically low brackets. The lowest bracket is 10, then you jump to 12, which is just a two-point jump. But then the next bracket moves you up 10 points to 22%. Following is 24, then you make another 8% jump or eight-point jump to 32 and so forth. But that's significantly lower than we've had in the past, even in the recent past. So it's a great time to think about, well, should I maybe just not be putting as much into pre-tax where I don't pay taxes now, but I pay it later so that by putting it in now, paying the taxes now at a lower tax rate, I can pull out later possibly in a higher tax bracket than I am now, just because tax brackets go up, not because I'm necessarily making more money, but I can pull it out later when I'm retired and um, it's tax-free. That's a good way to look at things. Am I paying taxes now on something? Am I going to pay taxes later on something? Or am I going to pay taxes never on something? You ought to consider how your investments are structured and look at that to see what can I do today particularly in this lower tax rate environment, to prepare for a tax-free, potentially a fully tax-free retirement later on. Yeah, no, those great points. Good information here today on the podcast with Mike Flanders. So, Mike, I think the final piece I'll bring up for this particular one, for uh, even the most responsible of savers, they, well, actually, the really diehard, you know, good savers, and even others of us out there, we tend to have a little trouble remembering what the whole purpose of all this saving was for. We spend so many years Hmm. saving, 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 and we kind of get into a rhythm, and we forget that when we get to retirement, the whole point was to live a little. You're working for a reason, to enjoy it when you're older, not just feel as though you can't do anything because you don't want to run out or you want to leave it to the kids. Remember to live a little, right? Yeah. When you think about uh, getting to a point where either you're going to stop working altogether or you're going to slow down, do a little bit less of what you've been doing, but you want to keep doing it because you, you love what you're doing, you don't want to just go sit down somewhere and fade away. I know with my grandparents, I enjoyed a lot of time with them and they They did the things that they loved. One of my grandparents, they were in the photography business, and he continued to do that as long as as he was physically able to do so because he loved people, loved being with people, loved conversation, and he was just a social animal. And so that's where I learned a lot of the ways that I like to do things is from him. You know, he he spent some money, enjoyed doing it. My other grandparents, they wanted to stop working. And uh, so they spent a lot of time doing some of the things that they wanted to do. And neither of my grandparents, I have to say, were the type that were tight with money. They were generous with their money. They didn't hang on to it for fear that they would run out of money. They also not only were generous with it, I don't mean they were doing handouts and things like that, but they did the things they wanted to do and included others with them in it. And so So, you know, if that's the way you want to do things or if you just you want to travel some, you know, that's what you're saving for is to be able to do some things maybe a little bit differently as you age and you're not able to maybe continue to do something you've loved during your working years or maybe you're ready to get rid of it and move on to another stage. Plan to be able to do those things and to use your money wisely. It does take some planning. Yeah. And I was going to say, and it all really comes back to, even if you're a responsible saver and you've done a really great job, I mean, Hey, uh, financial advisors love that because it does make things a little easier. It mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more room to work with, but at the same time, yeah. it still does require a financial plan to kind of put all the things together to help you uh, not only get to the retirement, which you've done a good job saving for, but to get through it and to get through it in a way that you, uh, that your hopes and dreams are for to kind 
kind of keep that lifestyle or uh, enhance that lifestyle as mm-hmm. you move through retirement. And I think with that, I think that's going to do it for us for today. I think good information here on the Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. Again, if you've heard something useful or you want to reach out to Mike, it is 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. Or you can go to his website at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. Check out Mike and the team while you're there. Uh, you can contact him that way. And you can also subscribe to the podcast on the podcast page as well as share it on i don't think facebook or twitter i think we've got some links on there to help you do that as well we'd certainly appreciate Mm -hmm. it and mike my friend thank you so much for your time this week buddy been great i appreciate it mark and look forward to talking to you next time yeah we'll talk soon in a couple of weeks i'll catch up with you no flying tires right since the last time i talked to you no we have managed to avoid all of that so i'm trying to get a good streak going of just (laughs) no tires If you don't know what we're talking about, folks, that's a good reason to go back and listen to past episodes, which you can do by subscribing to the podcast. We'll see you later here on Strategic Planning Podcast. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.